When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. L-A-S-I-K. LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K. LASIK.com. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford, joined, as always, by my trusted colleague, Weston Hodkowitz. We're coming to you here from our studios at Lambeau Field. Wes, it's the final week of OTAs, the final week of the off-season program. This will actually be, because you're headed to uh, some golf courses later this week, good for you. Some uh, some time with Pahad out on the links. Yeah, that, should be, uh, that should be a good time. But because of that, this will actually be our last show until like the week, you know, a few days before training camp. We'll come back and and uh, and fire up unscripted again. So because of that, this this is what I want to do, and this is a dangerous thing to do in the middle of June. But oh. we're actually going to we're actually going to sort of preview training camp, even though it's like it's like six weeks away. Cool. I'm gonna fire some questions at All you. Right. Um, I'll provide my own answers to the questions as well. But this is sort of like, let's look ahead to, based on what we've seen in the offseason so far, since last season ended, the draft, the OTAs, the mini camp, everything that's gone on. So my first question to you with regard to training camp 2022 is, what is the first thing you are going to look for at the first day of practice in late July? The receivers, because for the first time, it's actually going to (laughs) matter. Uh, everybody wanted to make this about Aaron Rodgers as attendance in the offseason program. He wasn't here. He was here. It didn't matter. These guys need to learn the playbook. And not only have they had a chance now for two months to learn the playbook, they're going to have a chance here with the next six weeks to be able to pick this thing up even more and make sure that they are ready. The biggest line in the offseason, Mike, I know it didn't come during a clutch situation in week 12 or anything, but Rodgers talking about how he prefers production over potential, yep. even though they have a ton of potential right now. It's what can you do with that potential is ultimately what's going to matter. I'm writing about it in our Insider Inbox for Tuesday. This is one of the big lines, I feel, is the, what, the hallmark right now of these receivers. The three rookies all came in, and each of them had made plays. They all had big days in practice. Juwan Winfrey had some big moments again during the offseason program. Yes, he did. These guys have flashed with the opportunity. But when you get to training camp, that's where you need to stack it. Every single day. Right. You need to perform in those padded practices. You need to perform in the preseason. And you got to be healthy once you get to the end of August. The Packers, I, they, no bones about it, Mike. It's going to be an Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, Sammy Watkins kind of core there at the start. For sure. But who's going to be that young guy that comes on like Devontae Adams did in 2014? Who's going to be that young guy that makes a big play for this football team down the stretch? 
that's where these guys have to get to in this offense. So for me, for the first time, that's where I feel you really can start looking at the receivers and trying to figure out who's going to fit in that depth chart. Yeah, absolutely. Figuring out that depth chart as uh, as training camp, the preseason goes along. We're going to see those rookie draft picks get a ton of snaps in the preseason games. You know it's coming. Even if Aaron Rodgers is not going to play in the preseason, it's going to be the Jordan Love show in those three preseason games. He's going to be throwing to Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs and Samari Toure and and uh, you know and and uh, you know Juwan Winfrey and Malik Taylor and those guys as well are are going to uh, get those opportunities as the competition there at that position uh, really heats up in August. My answer to that question, the first thing I'm going to look for on the first day of practice is David Bakhtiari at left tackle when they when they go to 11 on 11. And I say that not to set off like a bunch of alarm bells if he's not. But then what's gone on for the last year and a half does start to become a bit of a concern if on the first day of training camp, when you're lining up for 11-on-11, 11 11, if that left tackle, that five-time all-pro left tackle is not, is not there and there's, there's some reason that he's not ready to fully practice. So that's going to be the first thing that, that I glance at because if Bakhtiari is not lining up at left tackle at the start of training camp, then there's a potential domino effect in terms of who's lining up where at practice and where you know what the competition is going to be for this spot or that spot. So, um, so that's the first thing on my list at uh, at day one of practice. My next question for you: What do you feel will be the biggest overall storyline in this training camp? And maybe that's the same answer if no, it's the receivers. Not necessarily, because I think a big storyline will be Jordan Love, because he, he's going to get a lot of work in the preseason. Last year, you kind of you sort of forget. I mean, the shoulder injury knocked him out of one of those preseason games. We end up seeing a lot more Kirk Benkert than I think a lot of people were really yeah. expecting yeah. Uh, just because of that, for that reason. So seeing Love and, and the strides he makes in year three is going to be really telling. This is the year where you really did start to notice, okay, Aaron Rodgers is, is a good quarterback. I mean, you heard Tom Clements talk about it. That's where him and Joe Philbin were having the discussions of, you know, this guy we have behind Favre, he may be better than some of these guys at the Pro Bowl. Yeah. Not saying Jordan Love needs to be at that point, but I think it does show you that this is where a guy is no longer a rookie, he's no longer a young player. He's going to need to be able to guide this offense and, and show that kind of veteran sort of thumb uh, on, on the blueprint of how things go. And frankly, I'm excited for it. Uh, my personal feelings are watching him during the offseason program. He does look a lot more sturdier in the pocket. It seemed like he had more consistent practices. I wouldn't say he had that June 9th practice that he had back in 2021, where it was like, holy crap, like this guy looks like a top 10 pick. I mean, yeah. he was just slinging it around confidently fast, but I, I felt like there were fewer ups and downs with his game. Now, it's going to be interesting watching it be more live. You know, they didn't do a lot of live reps, it didn't feel like. And when they did, it was like a seven-on-seven seven sort of quasi deal. So uh, I feel like Jordan Love will be a big storyline because as much as you are preparing and you're trying to work out some of these position battles, people love the quarterbacks. This is a quarterback-driven league, and I know there's still a lot of Packers fans out there that haven't seen a lot of this guy yet because of the pandemic in 2020. So uh, th- that to me, that that's going to be probably the driving force for this entire thing. Yeah, I think uh, I think the Jordan Love development, that whole story is is definitely going to be front and center throughout uh, throughout training camp. He's going to take the vast majority of the snaps in the preseason games because I don't expect Aaron Rodgers to play at all in the preseason, as we've talked before. He he's taken the last preseason snap of his career. It's just not going to. The Packers aren't going to go down that road anymore 
but uh, um, but Jordan Love Jordan Love is the quarterback who needs the reps. The the that development time is going to be so important for him. If I were to if I were to pick another what I think will be a very big dominating storyline throughout training camp, I think it's going to be watching Quay Walker and Devontae Wyatt, the two first-round draft picks from Georgia's defense, and how quickly, uh, how smoothly they can assimilate themselves into Joe Barry's number one top unit. I mean, just to give people, to give the fans out there a little bit, for those who wonder, like, okay, when you guys go out to watch practice, like, what are you watching, right? So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> sometimes <laughs> but this is how it works there 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 are individual periods different drills and stuff and you know, you kind of pick out okay I want to keep an eye on this guy see how this guy looks when they get to what they call the team periods which is 11 on 11 you and I both were pulling out our notebooks and we're taking a look at the first reps in 11 on 11 because the guys who take the first reps are the guys who are at the the top of the depth chart at that particular time. So we'll be watching is, you know, is Quay Walker lining up next to Devondre Campbell with the number one defense? Is Devontae Wyatt lining up next to Kenny Clark in the number one defense? Now, the Packers have other players, whether you're talking Chris Barnes, Dean Lowry, TJ Slayton. So there's always going to be some rotation. But we'll be watching, okay, how often are those rookie first-round draft picks in there with the first unit? And I think through the practices, through the preseason games, those guys are going to play in the preseason, not necessarily with the Devondre Campbells and Kenny Clarks of the world. But that's the storyline on the defensive side for me is how quickly are those rookie first-round draft picks going to establish themselves and the role that they are going to play on Joe Barry's unit in 2022. Well, ultimately, when you go back and look at some of these past off-season programs, that's how we knew in 2019 that Darnell Savage was going to be a big part of this right. thing. The Packers, from the beginning of OTAs, had him out there with Adrian Amos. That is very rare. Like To give you a quick example of that, none of the offensive linemen the Packers drafted this year were working with the first-team units. They had Colvin Lannon, the sixth-rounder from last year, swapping with Yash Nyman at the two-tackle positions. Right. With those. They'd like to go usually typically – with the veteran players in those settings. But Quay Walker was a guy that did get some run a little bit with the defense, and I think there's a number of different ways they're going to be able to utilize him. I know a lot of people were talking about Chris Barnes and what happens with Barnes now. I still think Barnes is a part of this equation, but it's the different ways and where you're going to be lining up Walker that makes it interesting how that, that group's going to come together. Walker is the X factor to me, just because he gives this defense something that they really haven't had before. Devondre Campbell pretty much out of the same mold. You know, he's he's a, you know, a bell cow type guy there. I mean, he's a guy that's going to play that Mike spot, but Walker looks like the movable piece that I remember thinking Ryan Shazier could have been in 2014 sure. if he would have been able to fall to the Packers. He's the athletic type of linebacker that just when you I've watched him so many times, Mike, in these practices, just when the ball gets snapped, how quickly he gets out of his hips. There is so much athleticism in that guy's six foot four body, and I can't wait to see more this spring, this summer. Excuse me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
I got some more questions for you here, Wes. Hit but me. We'll take care of uh, we'll take care of the sponsor don't business hit me. so that I don't forget here before uh, before we sign off for a few weeks. Sirius XM NFL Radio delivers hard hitting analysis and up to the minute NFL news that true football fanatics need twenty four seven. 365. And at Cousin Subs, we have something for everyone, like our Wisconsin cheese curds, mac and cheese, golden fries, and creamy shakes, all paired with your favorite sub or sub in a bowl. Cousin Subs, we believe you know, in better. I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about the fact I actually got a chance to add another Cousin's Subs shake to my growing list of shakes that I've drank all right. over the past year. Thanks to Justin McCoy and the good people at Cousins. I actually had a chance to try the strawberry one now. That was better than the chocolate one. Oh, wow. And I'm not typically a strawberry shake I guy, say, that's not That's not your That's not your uh, your alley. No, I, I'm more of like, I like more bitter type stuff. Chef's kiss. It was right. perfect. There we go. There we go. All right, well, you already mentioned the wide receivers as far as position competition and whatnot. Is there another position that you think falls under the category of having sort of a competition to watch here as we head into training camp? It's a good question. I I think my natural answer to this would be the defensive line, just based on everything you just talked about. Where does a Devontae Wyatt fit in? Where does a TJ Slayton go? Yeah. You know, Jared Reed of a new veteran guy. They're as deep as they've ever been during my time on the beat. I wasn't here for 2010 with you, but they, they have a lot of options. Yeah. The competition though, when you talk about, Who's going to ultimately be lining up where? It has to be the offensive line. Yeah. Because when you look at the guard spots, John Runyon and Royce Newman played more snaps than anybody last season, but they're going to get a good push here, you know, with Sean Ryan coming in, with Zach Tom. Certainly you have all these, you know, the the Cole Van Lannans of the world that are going to try to compete for that right tackle spot. The Packers have drafted three straight years, three offensive linemen. That's never happened in the modern era. You can go back to like, the, you know, the Jack Venisi days, and they had 27 rounds or whatever. Yeah, that would happen, but not since 1970. So, I mean, the amount of resources that the Packers and Brian Gutekunst have put into this offensive line, it shows you, one, how seriously they take the competition factor, and two, how important it is to rebuild the depth on the line. Billy Turner's gone. Lucas Patrick's gone. Right. Those were two of your most versatile guys, and Elton Jenkins is still not back yet, coming right. back from the ACL that he sustained later in the season. You're going to need a backup center. Could that be Jake Hansen? Could it be a Zach Tom? You're going to need guys that are also pushing for the right tackle job because Yash Nyman, as much as I think you and I have talked about that, the Packers want him to compete for that spot as well. In a perfect world, David Bakhtiari's back at left tackle, Josh Myers is there at center, and you let the rest of the pieces figure themselves out. And watching that through the one-on-ones, through the padded practices, is going to be fascinating because as we saw last year, Mike, we watched Royce Newman work at right tackle for most of the offseason program. We're two weeks into training right. camp, and now he's <laughs> positioned as the number one starting right guard. Right, and that's what I was going to say, and that's the reason my, my answer to this question also is the offensive line because having drafted three offensive linemen once again back in April, I can't help but ask the question, is somebody going to pull another Royce Newman? Yeah. You know, is is <clears throat> – is Sean Ryan from this year's draft class going to do what Royce Newman did as a rookie draft pick last year? And suddenly halfway through training camp, it's like, oh, he's running with the ones every day. Like this guy is putting himself in a position to earn a starting job as a rookie. It could happen. Now, obviously the Packers like their young players. You know, when you're talking about John Runyon, Royce Newman, Yash Nyman, all of those guys, 
but you just don't know, it, especially once the pads go on, because through the off-season program, there's no pads, there's no full contact. Once the pads go on and they start doing one-on-one pass rush, yep. pass protection, you know, against those guys, uh, you know, the Kenny Clarks and and the Preston Smiths of the world, right? And then you get into the you get into the eleven on eleven, and you know the the banging in the trenches is pretty legit, even though they're not tackling guys to the ground. Right. But but when the pads are on and it's a and and it's a, a full contact practice in that respect, that's when you find out about these offensive linemen, and and maybe it is a Sean Ryan or a Zach Tom that pulls a Royce Newman. Like I, I think it's a very intriguing thing to see. Just exactly maybe what uh, you know what develops here going forward. And since you talked a little bit more about the offensive line, I'm just going to pivot very quickly back to the defensive line because while it's a different type of competition, it's a healthy competition in that the more guys that step up, the deeper they're going to be able to go through those rotations. Why does that matter? Because I feel like not only having that gives you a better chance to keep guys fresh and whatnot, I also think that's what really could unleash Kenny Clark in this defense. The Packers have tried to find ways to get more double teams off of him, find ways to get him being able to kind of get one-on-ones and wreak havoc a little bit more inside. With Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith on the outsides, if another guy can step up in that capacity, Dean Lowry coming off a career year, Jaron Reed coming in, and obviously as you talked about with Wyatt, more of these guys that can generate pressure, more guys can take pressure off of Kenny Clark, the more I think you're going to see from him. He's a two-time Pro Bowler now that's finally come into his prime at 26, 25, 26 years old. The world is that young man's oyster. Yeah, when you look at you look at this defensive line, put them in whatever order you want, but your your main five guys, Kenny Clark, Dean Lowry, TJ Slayton, Jaron Reed, and then the high draft pick, Devontae Wyatt. Those are your five. Now, that's about as deep a five on the defensive line as I think the Packers have had on paper at least yeah. in in quite a while. In the three but, four era, but I yeah, mean, yeah, in this yeah, recent era, exactly yeah. since since, since yeah. they went to a, essentially a three four base defense. But what I think will be interesting to watch is is you know who's lining up where in certain packages, who's you know who's going to have which which role, and and uh, you know for a guy like Wyatt, the young rookie. He might be more, uh, you know, things might be more limited because they'll want to say as a young player, okay, this is what we want you to do. Yeah. These are the packages you're going to play in and, and go for it. And then maybe they expand That's what they later did with on. Kenny back in 16. Right. Whereas then, you know, a veteran guy like Jaron Reed coming in, yes, he's new. He needs to get up to speed in the system. But this is a guy who's been there, done that in the NFL. And, and as he told reporters last week, and I wrote about it on the website, he feels like, hey, I'll play anywhere. Just tell me where to go. Tell me where you want me to line up, what my assignment is, and and I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go get it done. And so yeah. how how these roles and responsibilities get sorted out with those five top guys on the defensive line, I think is definitely a story. To and watch. if you haven't a chance yet, be sure to go to Packers.com, check out uh, Spoff's story on Jaron Reed, a real fascinating look into the man and also the player, what he could be for this defense this season. The one thing I've been saying, I'm writing it again in inbox this week, and maybe it's the number ninety. You know, maybe I'm off base on this. He really does remind me from a body standpoint, though, a lot of B.J. Raji. And when you look at his track record, both the 10.5 sack season and also some of the stuff he's done more recently as a run stuffer, he has that two-way kind yeah. of potential. Yeah, he does. And, and I that's feel, exactly why it's yeah. exactly why Brian Gutekunst brought him in as a, as a as a veteran guy to yeah. uh, to add to that group and then obviously they targeted Wyatt in the in the first round of the totally. draft as as a young guy. 
L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. All right, so position groupings aside, is there another player to watch, like individual player to watch who's high on your list for when training camp rolls around? I think the guy kept saying, and I'm why break precedent at this point, is Amari Rogers. Uh, I've written about him. We've talked about him. But this is the dude who I just felt like more than a position that's attached to his name, this is a guy that really could kind of crack the code maybe with this offense. Matt LaFleur is an incredibly multiple, versatile scheme. We saw it from day one, what they were able to do out of the gate in 19. I know some people were very critical at that time about it, but reality was they won 13 games and they protected the football and they they moved it down the field. I think they're probably going to have to get more back towards some of that stuff. And how did they do it in 19? A lot of it was misdirection. A lot of it was pre-step motion. A lot of it was being able to utilize the skill sets of the players that you have available to you. And you got to remember about Amari Rogers, man. This young man has been around football his entire life. You know, his, his dad was an accomplished football player. He went to Clemson and won and then was a 1,000-yard receiver his last season there. He doesn't like what happened last year. That was a bad taste in his mouth, what happened, be only playing as little as he did offensively and having some miscues there on the returns. He has coming back with something to prove this year, and I know. Everybody gets bigger, stronger, faster, smarter during the offseason. It's one of the biggest, you know, cliches that always gets beaten into the mud. But you and I watched him in practice. This guy does look leaner, and he does look more confident. Yeah. He has to put that to work the same as these young rookies did. You have to be able to do it in August. But if, if things really start to click for him with the pre-snap motions, with some of the stuff you can do with him on the outside, with getting him in open space, he has a body type and a skill set that is ir- – replaceable in this offense right now. And I just feel like he is the guy that the more they can get out of Amari Rogers, I think the better this offense is going to be in 2022. Yeah. I, I'm going to stick with the, the same position there. And uh, the a guy who's high on my list in terms of a player to watch. And, and I'll be honest, I'll preface this by saying it may even be more so a player to watch come week one necessarily than training camp, but it's Alan Lazard. Yeah. And I say that sure. because – and I'm not saying that just because, you know, he wasn't here for OTAs and minicamp and, you know, the restricted free agent tender and there's some news floating around out there at the time that we're taping this. But all of that aside, last week at minicamp, Aaron Rodgers came right out and said it. Alan Lazard has a chance to be a number one receiver in this offense, be a number one receiver on an NFL team for the yeah. first time in his career. How does he respond to that, right? Um and, and yes, he's, he's a leader. He's a guy who's done all of the dirty work, and I think he's going to continue to do those kinds of things. But in terms of the opportunities that he's going to be given in this offense by an offensive coordinator, a play caller, a quarterback who, who trusts him and they know what he can do then, what is he going to do when those opportunities ramp up, right? And, again, that's why I say maybe it's more so watching him starting in week one because he's going to be such a big part of this passing offense more so than training camp. But I'm going to watch – I really want to watch him in the 11-on-11s during 
training camp as well to see what opportunities go his way. What is drawn up for Alan Lazard? Alan Lazard is the best story. He is one that is going to go down for the ages for the Packers because he wasn't just an undrafted free agent. He wasn't even the Packers' undrafted free agent. Right, right. He was Jacksonville's. And Brian Gutekunst, late in that season, being able to pick him up and sign him and sort of steal him away in what otherwise was a lost 2018 campaign ended up paying big dividends for him down the line. Now the big question for Allen is, can you go from being a really good story to being a really, really good NFL receiver? He's been a great fit for this offense. He's had some big moments. But whether it was with the core muscle injury or just the opportunities that were going with Devontae Adams, he, he was that secondary option. He's going to be driving the bus here early this season. He's the, he's the guy that has the biggest known commodity for Rodgers that's also in the prime of his career. In, in, a, in, a, in a contract in year, a contract too, as year. a guy who has the one-year restricted free agent tender looking to hit unrestricted free agency after one more season, career highs of roughly 500 yards, eight touchdowns. Yep. He has a chance to boost those career high, single-season career high numbers significantly this year and then you know enter free agency with, uh, with, with the chance to land a huge contract with the way receivers are getting paid yeah. in, this, in this league. All of, that is, all of that is now part of his story and part of his situation that is going to be watched uh, from the beginning here in 2022. And I could, I could not care less what the scouting report said coming out of Iowa State. I Doesn't couldn't matter care anymore. less what the 40 time was. I couldn't care about any of that stuff. You have a six foot five, 220 pound receiver that has found ways to win his routes in the NFL. Oh, and by the way, at every level of football this guy has played, he has succeeded. He's the all-time leading receiver at Iowa State. If you throw out all the stuff where people overthink these things or overbake the potato, <laughs> everything points to Alan Lazard being a productive franchise-type receiver. And now he has the opportunity to prove it. I thought you were going to say overbake the cake, and then you threw potato in there. You oh, I never right. go with that. I never go with the the real cliches, Mike. Okay. I always got to throw right. a little bit of a spin on. You're it. always keeping me on my toes, Wes. The always. best that I can. Always. All right. Last one I have for you. Who is the player that we're not talking about? That no one's talking about? That maybe, just maybe, come middle of training camp, end of the preseason games that we might be talking about um, in terms of whether it's somebody who's going to be a surprise to make the roster or um, carving out a role on this team that maybe we didn't envision, didn't expect. Is there anybody, it's kind of a tough question, especially in the middle of June, Yeah. but is there anybody that comes to mind for you? Well, I appreciate you gave me about 12 seconds to think about that. I, 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 was, I was buying you some you're time. You're buying me some time. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to put this one out there, and it's not necessarily the answer to your question. But I think we need to realize what's happening in Green Bay. And A.J. Dillon is at a point now where this guy, to me, reminds me a lot of you know where another certain running back was at when Matt LaFleur got into Tennessee a number of years ago. Not comparing the two. That's why I'm not saying his name. Yeah. But A.J. Dillon has been on the come up here the last two years. Last year was a huge opportunity for him. And I thought you saw what happened when he wasn't available in that game against San Francisco. 49ers are having a real hard time stopping A.J. Dillon before he went out with a rib injury. And I feel like, you know, it may not be in the preseason games, this may only be in training camp, but just getting a look at him this spring and, uh, you know, seeing the, the photos that 
Evan Siegel happened to take at the softball game on Sunday. <laughs> My goodness. Um, this guy is a Mack truck. And I just feel like we'll see what it looks like. We'll see how much him and Aaron Jones are on the field together. We don't know. But when you go into the season, as much as we talk about Lazard, and this is a big year for him, Aaron Jones is a Pro Bowl running back. A.J. Dillon was the leading rusher for this team last season. I just feel like for as much as people want to dog on this offense and what the identity is going to be, you have two running backs that are staring you in the face saying, hey, we're elite guys. Yes, there's Aaron Rodgers, and yes, Rodgers will find ways to move the ball downfield with his arm, but I just feel like A.J. Dillon is the catalyst here. He is the key. They can get this running game going early in the season. I think all the other pieces fall in place from there. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think that is uh, I think that's definitely something that we're going to be talking about as uh, as we get towards Week One. L A S I K LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. A guy that I was going to mention as the as my answer to this question is probably probably doesn't count because I was going to say tight end Tyler Davis, but yeah. you wrote a feature story on Tyler Davis recently, so I, we can't really say like nobody's been talking about him because uh, and seriously, because I didn't did. say Tyler Davis for that reason. <laughs> I'm like, how well, can that, I say right? Someone? And that's why I say like I, that, it's not that's not fair yeah. of me to say that either because you did write a story at the at the, uh, the I believe it was the first week of OTA. I'm going to shove Tyler um, Davis down your throat, and then I'm going to yeah. tell you that nobody's talking right, about it. Right? Yeah. You know? So that so that doesn't count. But so so here's my answer. I, you know, looking at looking at the whole year one to year two thing that we talk about, right? Yeah. Where guys make the big jump, they get more accustomed to the NFL game. They start to, they start to find their way and feel their way a little bit more. Right. I look at the draft class from last year. It's like, Hey, we, we saw what Eric Stokes can do. We know what jo- Josh Myers can do. We already talked about Amari Rogers and, and, uh, and where things might be going with him. Royce Newman ended up, ended up yeah. being a starter. So I start to kind of fall on T.J. Slayton, yeah, the fifth round defensive lineman, the fifth round draft pick from from 2021, and we had talked about you know those those top five guys, and I just wonder if this is a young man because nobody's really been talking about him at all. He did get you know he was taking a lot of number one reps uh, through OTAs because Dean Lowry was was uh, was sitting out with with uh, an undisclosed injury. But I just wonder what kind of a role T.J. Slayton might carve out for himself here in year two. We, when we ask, anytime we ask Jerry Montgomery about T.J. Slayton, it's always like the answer is something along the lines of there's so much he really likes about what this young man can do, but he just wants to see it consistently. It yeah. can't come and go all the time, right? And it's sort of through his rookie year, it sort of came and went um, at different times. If TJ Slayton figures out sort of that, that consistency thing and his game levels out a little bit, he just might be a guy in that, in that group of five on the defensive line, that top five on the defensive line that we start seeing on the field a bit more. I'm just throwing it out. And it's why you saw Tyler Lancaster as much as he did the last four years. Uh, Tyler 
God bless him, has gotten every bit of ability out of his body. Yep. And that's by being disciplined and it's by being consistent. You know, he was an undrafted free agent out of Northwestern. I think few people would have saw him going into year five now, right? Just based on the, the law of averages. Absolutely. But he ended up being a playing a big role for this for this defense, even if he wasn't maybe necessarily considered a starter. But he played so many snaps because whether it was injuries or opportunity, the guy was in there. That's what they need from TJ Slayton now. Yeah. Because something's going to happen at some point this season, whether it be Reed, Clark, Lowry, Wyatt. Somebody's going to be out for a minute, and they're going to need someone to step up. And Slayton at six foot five, three hundred thirty pounds, he has as much athleticism in that body as I've seen from any defensive lineman that has come through Green Bay during my time here. He's this a very a he's a very intriguing prospect. There's no there's no question about it. And I I know he's not a rookie, but I still call him a prospect because he, he hasn't early. because he hasn't quite found his way yet. Yeah. But but the but I think the opportunity may be there for him. And I remember talking to his position coach at Florida saying, you know, we really were hoping to get him back one more year, but obviously TJ felt like it was the right time for yeah. him. And I think based on what he did last season, he proved he can play at this level. Uh, if I can just do this too, Mike, I'll throw this in there because obviously AJ Dillon is a name that everybody knows about. Yeah. But even though my, my point still stands, the other guy I'll mention quickly is Sean Davis. Because when you're looking at the safety position, that's been a big spot. The number three safeties played a lot in this defense. Yeah, we talked a bit about this on our last show, kind yeah. of where you know where some of those those guys who are sort of next on the depth chart, you know, here at the end of the spring, we'll see if that carries over to the start of training camp. Because if they want to move around in a, in you know an Adrian Amos or, or a Darnell Savage, they need someone else to help fill on the back end. Davis, despite there being a, a you know two draft picks and Vernon Scott and also you know. Carpenter coming in, yeah. Ennis Gaines being back. Th- this guy is the one that's in that spot. And I think so often, Mike, we could talk about guys coming off the practice squad that get signed midseason, and fans really don't know who those guys are. Sean Davis was a draft pick. He was drafted in the National Football League, fifth-round pick a year ago. So, like, this guy has, you know, some credentials to him. It's just that Packer fans don't know who he is. Yeah. And I-, I think that's a guy that, again, when you're talking about players who are going to play a lot in the preseason, a lot in training camp – you know, it's a tight competition there at safety, and he's right now probably the one right at the front of the classroom. Yeah, and that and that depth chart guy, so to speak, at cornerback Keyshawn Nixon, yep. the uh, um, the veteran uh, free agent acquisition. We're going to talk about him a lot. We're going to see him a lot on special teams, but he's also he's also going to be part of potentially part of the dime defense, uh, yeah. one of the dime packages, six DB packages that uh, that Joe Barry is going to have. That's another guy. Haven't talked about him a whole heck of a lot, but based on what we saw when the defense was on the field in the mini camp with the 11 on 11, those are two guys that are sort of the next guy up right behind yeah. all the main guys that uh, that we've been talking well, about. And you can tell in, the, in Packers the, think backfield. Yeah. the Packers think something to Nixon. Yeah. It's not like Rich Bisacci brought him in to play special teams and Bisacci is sitting there going, yeah, throw him into the slot too. That's not the way it works. <laughs> right. But obviously Joe Barry and the defensive coaches, Jerry Gray, they're seeing something there with that guy. And as we talked about before, he has some size to him. In, in, you know, he's not a small guy in terms of how he's built. So uh, another guy that I'm just excited to see you know, how those things fall into place because certainly with some of these rotations inside, there's a lot more known you know, production there on the outside as opposed to inside with this defense right now. Yeah, no question about it. Well, with that, we will call it a wrap on this edition of Packers Unscripted. We will be back a few days before the start of training camp, and we will crank this all up again. There is one more week of OTAs here before the close of the offseason program, so we got a lot of coverage on the website, Packers.com, lots of stories, lots of info, all that. Be sure to check it out. But for now, for Wes, 
I am Mike. Thank you for tuning in, everybody, and we will see you next time. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com PFG to shop their performance fishing gear.